It's been a long road, getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is finally near. And I can see my dreams come alive at night. I can touch the sky. And they're not going to hold me down no more. No, they're not going to change my mind. Continue. Why? You have to finish the whole thing. Because I've got faith <laughs> of the heart. I'm going where my heart will take me. Opening hailing frequencies, chief engineers. Welcome back to the Laser Comb Podcast, the weekly show where we comb through random episodes of classic TV shows with a fine tooth laser. I'm the Siege, one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, NeoCal. And this week on the Laser Comb Podcast, we are finally rounding out our Star Trek themed month after uh, covering the first uh, four original live action Star Trek shows. We are on the fifth and final. Uh, original Star Trek show, Star Trek Enterprise. So we did it. We've, we're finally through uh, Star Trek month. We did and it. We did it. We and watched we... every single Star War. So for anybody that somehow has missed <laughs> the memo, um, we're reviewing Enterprise. Yep. We, uh, yeah. Uh, Star Trek Enterprise, uh, series that ran on UPN, America's favorite network, from uh, 2001 to 2005. Uh, I watched this show while it was airing, originally, week in and week out. Wow, you were one of the dozen dozen people who who watched it episode to episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, the show, by the, by the end of its run, had... Uh, um, let me get that information here. I rounded out with about 4 million average viewers, but it started out with 12. Yeah, and you were one of them. And I was one of them. I mean, that, that's not bad, but it was enough for uh, UPN to cancel the series prematurely. Unlike most of the other Star Trek shows, at least uh, the con uh, contemporary for the time Star Trek series, which all ran, uh, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager all ran for seven seasons apiece. Uh, Enterprise was canceled after four, quite uh, unceremoniously in my opinion, and it features the worst series finale in the entire Star Trek franchise. What is What, what happens? I, I don't mind spoiling something that ended that, that long ago. What, uh, how does uh, this it finish? Well, remember how, how we were talking last uh, on the last episode of the podcast about how uh, series finales of Star Trek tend to involve time travel in one way or another? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said Enterprise does kind of, but not exactly. Um, the, the series finale of Enterprise, and this is how you can tell that this is one way it's kind of obvious that uh, the show was uh, canceled uh, prematurely. Uh, the show... Uh, from the uh, penultimate episode to the final episode, uh, jumps a decade into the future. Uh, jumps a decade into the future. Okay, and it's not too bad, a decade. It jumps a decade into the future. Some bullshit goes down. Uh, Commander Tucker ends up dying very out of nowhere. And um, the, the, like the United <laughs> Federation of Planets is formed, and uh, uh, Captain Archer gives the... Uh, gives the a big rousing speech at uh at Starfleet command 
And uh, all of a sudden, uh, we hear uh, Riker be like um, a computer and program. And it turns out uh, him and uh, Deanna Troy, the, all of Star Trek Enterprise was just them uh, going through the history books on the holodeck. <laughs> I wish I was oh. joking. I wish I was joking. It is, it is a very, very infamous infamous uh episode of this show a show that is already kind of uh polarizing as it is did they actually get like the actors to yep come in and yep that's how little they thought of the show huh yeah and that's why like the you know uh the four million of us who actually like liked enterprise and stuck with it for the for four years uh that's why uh fans of the show were so pissed off was because it it's kind of disrespectful to to this cast and this crew's story to just be like oh every everything you've been watching is just been a holodeck simulation that uh, uh troy and Riker have been going through unless the theme of a movie or a series is about dreams and memories you can't pull off that and it was all just a dream. Yeah. Nobody ever likes that. Nobody goes, what an ending. That was great. Oh, what a twist. Oh, I'm glad it was just a dream. What? It's it, mm, that, That's never good. There Has anything pulled off and it was all just a dream and had like fans be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Other uh, than like Inception. Dallas. Uh, TV show Dallas, I think. Uh, I I think Dallas was one of the first uh, uh, series to actually do that in the finale. Be like, oh yeah, the the past like you know three seasons or whatever have just been a dream. Did people like that? I think so. If I'm wrong, someone let me know. Um. Also, there was uh there was a sitcom in the '90s that did that. I was it Coach. I can't remember. Um, there was a sitcom in the '90s that famously did it too, and that one was a little more, uh, uh, a little more uh, critically panned. Okay, from what I, okay. From what I recall. Um, so what you're saying is that it's possible. I, it feels God. like playing with fire to me. I, I, I'm I'm saying we have to try. Damn it. <laughs> well, um, sounds like it uh, wasn't successful. No, in, it, this, in this run. It's unfortunate too because like the show like really started to hit its stride in the later seasons. Um, I I I like all of Enterprise to varying degrees, but the the show got consistently strong from in the its latter two seasons. So okay, so you feel like it was getting quite good. It was getting quite good, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Uh, before before we uh, we we get to that though, um, I mentioned this is the end of Star Trek Trunk Month. Uh, this is, this episode's going up uh, a few days late. It's actually the beginning of May. <laughs> um, so I want to address about that. Uh, overall, our recording schedule has been a little bit more erratic as of late than it has been uh, in the past like couple of years. We've been doing this. Uh, not just this show, but all of the various podcasts that we do. Uh, that is largely my fault. And I'm going to bring this up because I just found out 
recently that uh, May is uh, Mental Hellness Awareness Month, and it has Mental been... Hellness Awareness, <laughs> Mental Wellness, uh, uh, <laughs> Mental Mental Health, Health Awareness, awareness Month. month. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue effortlessly. Yeah, yeah it really does. Um, my uh, my own personal mental health has been uh, particularly uh, very close to an all time low as of late. And uh, I'm not going to go into the reasons why, but uh, I'll just say uh, at times they are a change in. Um, so I, I want to apologize to anyone who listens to this or any of the other shows that we do to our Patreon patron subscribers, because our Patreon content's been a little light for the past month or two. And uh, to my co-host for being kind of unreliable lately. Um, I think you're being hard on yourself, my dude. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. I'm gonna. Uh, I I really. I'm gonna really want to get. Well, for for many reasons, I want to uh, get myself better and sorted, and all of that. I just but gotta I, come over there and, and shake you, shake <laughs> you out of it, and maybe like slap me in the face. Slap you right. Get a hold of yourself, man. <laughs> Where are your bootstraps? You gotta pull yourself up by them. Uh. Well, that's your problem. You don't have any bootstraps. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I know you have problems, but guess what? We all do. We someone all do. Someone actually told me that recently. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm like, huh. It's one of those moments where I wish I could go back and be like, you know what, man? That is extremely... Um, uh, that is extreme, extreme, extremely ableist and uh, reductive statement to make, and not very helpful at all for someone who is dealing with stuff. So maybe oh, don't. Everybody's good, having a hard time. <laughs> well, why didn't you say so? Everything just got a lot better. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Thanks, I haven't. Grandma, for letting me know there are starving kids in this in other continents. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere but ours. You, hell, there's even starving children here. Yeah, I yeah, know, I, Grandma. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I've gone on record with this before, but I'm not a big fan of the um, the uh, the line of thinking that your problem, what you're, whatever you're going through, doesn't matter because some someone somewhere out there has it worse. Because someone always does, and I, I don't like that line of thinking because it's en it's endless. You can okay. keep applying that logic until you eventually like get to. No one, literally, no one should be upset about anything because you know there are kids out in the world starving somewhere. Because they're exactly the yeah. the, the charging uh, starving children argument. Yeah, it, uh, it, every millennial listening to this must have a grandma or like a family member or parent that like pulled out a, at least once, or a boss, or a boss. <laughs> Uh, which, uh, in interestingly enough, I will not be working there much longer. No. Which uh, I, I've been talking about on the, the Patreon uh, uh, preambles lately. So if you're at all curious, uh, uh, go subscribe to Patreon. $5. Yeah, if you want to hear him spill the tea, or if you want to get some dirt on him. Yes, because all your coworkers are listening to this. Oh, <laughs> undoubtedly. Um, yeah. All you, for five dollars, you can 
just pay pay Christopher and I five dollars and and uh, sift through hundred and fifty hours, and uh, you'll you'll get something to cancel yep. us uh, to to get him fired for. Yeah, yeah. God. In his last three days. Of- <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving my job next Tuesday, so you have less you have less than a week to make it happen, people. Get on it. <laughs> five dollars. Come at me. Uh, Make anyway, multiple accounts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, this week on the Laser Code Podcast, uh, episode thirty-one of uh, the old LCP, we are talking about the thirty-ninth episode overall of Star Trek Enterprise: Dawn. It originally aired on what? Uh, when did it originally air? January eighth, two thousand three. A mere five days after my eighteenth birthday. Wow. Special. What a what a time to be 18. Um, so the episode opens with uh, Commander Trip Tucker. He's the chief engineer. He's in a shuttlecraft. He's doing some science. Uh, he gets attacked by a, uh, a an unknown shuttlecraft. Uh, and they crash land on this surface. That the reason seems they like... both crash land is because um, the silicates in the atmosphere of the moon are something like that yeah yeah it interferes with their uh their engines and they both go down it's some blah 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 uh star trek uh star trek plot setup bullshit blah blah yeah we we both have different references for this uh this episode like for for me i'm like hey it's enemy mine the star trek episode with enemy mine with dennis quaid everyone remember that and uh, uh, for you, it's something else. Uh, for me, it is uh, the 1968 film uh, Hell in the Pacific, World War II film about uh, an American and a Japanese soldier. Japanese soldier who I might, in the 60s, who I might add was pl- played by a Japanese actor, which was... Uh, I'm shocked. For for the time, that's kind of impressive. Because um, Hollywood liked, like, really, it, and everybody knows this at this point, but Hollywood really liked to white whitewash roles uh, until very recently. Um, uh, so, so yeah, so uh, this episode is basically that, that movie. It is also the uh, 1980s film uh, Enemy Mine. And it is also the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, Darmok. <laughs> so if you've seen any or all of those, you know the gist of what's going to happen here. And and the gist being, two enemies they don't speak the same language, hostile yeah. to each other. For survive the necessity of survival, they have to work together to overcome whatever odds they face. And then it shows that bond or that uh, that level of humanity. Uh, well, I guess in in Star Trek, you can't use that as a term. It means something humanity. else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you'd be like, oh, they bond and like they realize that they, you know, they they share like the the same like humanity. And it's just like, well, hang on. <laughs> they they share the same huge manatee. The huge manatee, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so they crash on the planet. Both of their ships are completely disabled. Uh Commander Tucker is, uh, uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but he's uh, the NX-01 Enterprise uh, 
chief engineer. And actually, before we get into that, I want to I'm going to talk a little bit more about Enterprise in broad stroke. So what Enterprise okay. was about, Enterprise was a prequel to all of the other Star Trek shows. Now that's kind of basically all Star Trek is doing. But at the time, this was kind of novel. Uh, it is set uh, about 100 years after uh, Zephram Cochran, the inventor of the warp drive, played by uh, James Cromwell in uh, the 1996 film Star Trek First Contact. Uh, it's set about 100 years after uh, he invented his first uh, warp drive and made first contact with the Vulcans. This is about 100 years later. The Feder uh, United Federation of Planets does not exist yet. Uh, all so this version of the enterprise is not a federation starship it is a starfleet ship the starfleet exists mm. but the federation doesn't uh, things get kicked off uh, in the beginning of the series because a klingon a species uh heretofore uh, unknown to the people of earth uh crashes uh crashes on earth and ends up getting injured and so uh they uh starfleet decides to launch its first uh warp factor five uh interstellar ship the nx01 enterprise uh on a mission to deliver uh this injured klingon back to his home world of chronos the klingon home planet uh the captain of the ship is played by uh uh scott bakula whom uh, whom i i think all of us know from quantum leap I was going to say, anybody watching the that has stuck with us uh, this far, you gotta know who, gotta know Quantum Leap, man. We made Quantum <laughs> Leap references. You know, fun, <laughs> funny, a couple times. funny enough, I've never actually seen Quantum Leap. I just know of it. I think I'm I'm actually actually surprised by that because it it feels like a a you show. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, he plays uh, Captain uh, Jonathan Archer, who is put in command of this ship. Uh, I believe his father was the one who actually invented the warp factor five drive. So what that means is it's the it's the, a warp drive that can go to warp five, uh, and it's the the Enterprise is the the first ship to be equipped with this drive. And I believe, if I recall correctly, that uh, Captain Archer's father was the one who invented the warp five drive. So when it comes to like you know warp factor. Is that just that many times the speed of light, or is there a? It's not the speed of, of it. it's not the speed of light because it's uh, warp drive doesn't function that way. It's not right. Like it's not, it, oh it's right, not, it doesn't make you go fast. It warps space time. Yeah, it, right. it warps space time, and uh, well, basically the number. I don't know. It it's kind of an arbitrary thing to just be like, oh, we we go fast. Go uh, in a you know if we're trying to take it easy, it's like okay, we're we're gonna head to Starbase Nine, you know, warp 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 one point two, engage. But if it's like, oh shit, the Borg are attacking Earth, warp nine point five, engage. I I think it's just a way for the writers to like kind of put in a sense of urgency, so you know if a ship if like the, they they're going at like a higher warp drive then they it tells the audience that they need to get there faster but then isn't there like dragon ball z power creep where <laughs> where each show or whatever will like be trying to push that limit like i swear i was watching voyager one time and they were like 
they developed like warp 11. Yeah. There, it, it didn't, it didn't exist. And, Oh, that was going to change how fast they could get home by, by, by like years. Star Trek's been kind of inconsistent about it, but um, generally uh, I think in the, during the time of uh, Voyage deep space nine and Voyager, I think the fastest warp drive that was possible like technically possible uh given our understanding of how warp technology works um i think warp 9.9 was the fastest you could go so breaking the warp 10 barrier was this big thing and i think there was an episode of voyager where they figured out a way to do it but then it caused problems because of course because of course yeah uh so yeah yeah (laughs) Okay, yeah, I was just wondering if there was an, an actual speed or if it's arbitrary. It, it It's largely arbitrary. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, like I said, 100 years after uh, First Contact, I th- think it's still about a century before uh, the original series as well. This is before, long before the, um, the uh, uh, Federation Romulan War that's only ever been alluded to. It's never mm. actually been depicted on screen. Nobody wants to depict that. Come on. Um, the rounding out the, the cast is, uh, 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 command, uh, chief engineer commander, uh, trip Tucker who's played by Connor Trenier, who would end up going on to have a, uh, regular recurring role as a pretty neat character named Michael in Stargate Atlantis. Mm -hmm. He was, he was a wraith that they, uh, figured out a way to extract like the they they figured out that wraiths were like a mixture between at, at a very like early evolutionary level were a mi- kind of a mixture between like primates and this like certain type of bug and they figured out how to like separate the the like the bug dna from them and so they turned him back into a human but and wiped his memory but then he started figuring out who he was and then got really bitter and then st- kind of sort of turned back so he ended up being this human wraith hybrid who like knew all this shit about the about stargate about the atlantis uh, expedition ended up becoming one of the big bads of that series yeah it was uh it was fun i like that show uh you have uh what's her name linda park as uh hoshi ensign hoshi saito who is a uh, translator she was a school teacher on Earth that uh, Captain Archer uh, recruited because she is apparently the like best linguistics person on the planet or something. Fancy. But don't they have like universal translators? They do, but she has to program it. <sighs> so it's like a so every time they encounter someone new, wait, how's that possible? <laughs> she would need to learn an alien language. Uh, there, the the universe, the universe. There, there are episodes of Enterprise where, like, they meet an alien that the universal translator doesn't work, and she has to oh, like, okay. kind, she has to kind of like big brain and figure out like the basics of how their language works, and then she can use that to program the universal translator. And eventually, by the end okay, of the episode, okay. the universal translator will work. So that is a theme. So one of the themes of Enterprise, it sounds like, um is exploration exploration and and exploration and dealing with new new people and new uh situations Uh, another 
uh, uh, Sergeant Reed is the, uh, or Lieutenant Reed, rather, is the, he's actually, I don't even think he's in this episode. Um, he's. It's basically just Trip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he is the, uh, um, uh, he is the chief security op officer on the ship. Uh, the first officer on the ship is uh, sub commander to Paul Vulcan. Uh, who was mm -hmm. put on the ship as a basically a mandate by the Vulcans. The Vulcans are like, hey, we don't think you're ready to be like traveling the galaxy in a warp factor five ship, like just going off on your own. So the only way we're going to allow you to do this is if uh, you take one of our like high ranking uh, like science officers and have her as the first officer on the ship. Uh, so and which ends up creating so what like you're saying she's a narc <laughs> it ends up creating an interesting uh power dynamic uh especially in the first season as the show goes on uh uh, uh archer and to end up having a much less adversarial relationship and end up like cooperating and working together uh there's also um travis who is uh well the least interesting character on the on the show and he is also not in this episode, from what I recall. And then there's my favorite character, Dr. Phlox. Mm. The chief medical officer. A very pleasant uh, Denobulan. Race of people yeah. called the Denobulans. Yeah, there's one in Voyager. I, I think. Is that the no. same race? Or is that no. a slightly different race? A slightly different race. I think the Denobulans were introduced. Oh, no, in no, no. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Sorry, I got them confused for a second. Um, I'm thinking of Neelix. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they're, yeah. They're they're not the same race. No, he's uh, got so, he's got three Mohawks going on. Three times the fun. That's right. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Doctor Flox is my favorite character in the whole show. He seemed fun, but he's in this episode for like a minute, a hot minute. <laughs> he is, and I kind of wish we had landed on an episode that was much more of an ensemble, but this is very much just Trip's story, which is all right, because I, yeah. I like Trip as a character. He grew on me really quick. Um, and anyone listening, if it hasn't become obvious, uh, I, I've never watched Enterprise. Um, and going into this, I was like, oh boy, here we go. But you know what? No, I, I like Trip. I liked the episode. Uh, so basically what happens in this episode is where, where we left off was um, uh, Tucker trip Tucker and uh, this alien guy whose name was, what was it? Zocon. You don't mess with the Zocon. I was going to say you don't mess with the Zocon. <laughs> uh, like five people listening to this got that joke. I understood that reference. I too used to watch Adam Sandler movies. Uh, I too worked at Blockbuster in 2008, and that's the only reason I'm aware of that movie's existence. Unfortunately, true. But uh, yeah, so yeah, Zocon. He's a hairdresser, and he's stuck on the the planet with Trip. Yeah, they're they're stuck on this moon, and. Uh, 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 their ships are trashed. Both of their ships are trashed. Um, up above on Enterprise, uh, the race, uh, the Arc. Uh, this guy is an Arconian. That's that's right, right, right. And even humans haven't interacted with them yet. Yeah. So this is this is the first contact. Situation. The Vulcans have. Yeah. 
So the the Arconian uh, ship shows up, and they're like, "Hey, you guys, get the fuck out of here!" And Archer is like, "Well, uh, one of our people was on a shuttlecraft, and it was shot down by one of your ships." And uh, so we're not leaving until we figure out where our missing man is. And the other captain's like, well, if he if he encountered one of my people, then he's already dead. Then he's dead. And Archer and he's and he just keeps insisting that they leave. And Archer's like, no, motherfucker, not going anywhere. I, yeah. I need need to find need to find my dude. And to give him credit, he's like, hey, listen, you're looking for a guy. We're looking for a guy. There's 64, uh, there's 64 habitable moons in this area, because that's something that uh, T'Pol mentioned. 60, 62. Uh, 62 of them. A whole lot of moons. Uh, and he's like, there, so there's 62 of them. We could search a hell of a lot faster if we pool our resources. And we'll find uh, our guys. And on the, the planet's surface, uh, uh, Trip like, sneaks over to the... Uh, to the uh to zokan's uh little crash site and he's like he had a campfire going and he carries this thing out and it looks like a dinner tray and initially i kind of laughed because i was like oh huh, i like that trip is going over to spy on this guy and this guy's just making dinner <laughs> yeah he's not doing science he's yeah he's just uh cooking something know, up he's just cooking something he's up. just a dude you know yeah hey he's but, just like us <laughs> but no no he uh so <clears throat> the thing that he the uh, uh serving tray that he carried out was actually like some like piece of his ship that's completely trashed and so uh he has this like laser like trip wire thing oh. like laser sensor and trip like notices it and like blows Somehow, on it and drops yeah, drops he... right right drops some dust on impossible. it and i'm like just it's, go around it See, you say Mission Impossible. I was thinking Solid Snake with the pack of cigarettes. I should have went there first. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, he trips, and that's how he sees it. He trips before he like touches it, because yeah. no, he's he's crawling around on the ground trying to get like a better look, and like he stirs up some dust, and that's how he sees it, right? Yeah. Uh, so he sees the uh, the serving tray that the guy is fucking around with, and he dis- uh, Tucker decides to uh, uh, basically play decoy. He he puts like a little communication device, a recording device of him talking, and what he's saying oh. is just like completely like Mary had a little lamb and stuff like that because he he notes that the universal trans he didn't bring a universal translator with him, so mm-hmm. he has no way of talking to to the Zohan. I keep wanting to call him Zohan. Well, um, unfortunately, this guy well, is a little guy, bit cooler than Zohan. Uh, the guy temporarily falls for it, and he goes and investigates, and Tucker, like, goes and tries to, like, steal the, like, serving tray, or he's, like, trying to do some work on it to figure out what's wrong with it. He, tr- he steals his science. He steals his science, and I... I initially I was kind of wondering like what his plan here was, but I it's don't know to steal the science and use it back at his shuttle so he can, you know, backtrack the the science and uh, back get back, out of here. Backtrack that ass up. Yeah, <laughs> backtrack <laughs> that Zocan. You know, uh, Zocan can. 
The Zocan can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zocan, so, Zocan can. Uh, so I'm going crazy. <laughs> the the Zocan. Uh, they fight. They fight a lot. People. Yeah, the Zocan uh, uh, do, doesn't fall for this uh, r- clever ruse of Tucker's very long. So uh, they fight for a bit. Uh, uh, Zocan like takes Trip hostage, or takes him prisoner, and like starts getting him to to work on his ship. And uh, there, there's yeah, he immune... got the drop on him, and he's working on his ship. And I'm like, dude, he's human. Bring him to his ship. He'll know how to how to fix it better than he he could fix your ship. And, and I, I, I kind of wonder why he just assume automatically assumed that uh, Tucker was an engineer of any sort at all. Maybe it's because he was Good fucking around. Point. Maybe it's because he saw him like fucking around with the, the serving tray. That's what I was thinking because he's like, oh, well, maybe this guy actually knows what he's doing because it, it seems like Zocon doesn't. He's just a, a fighter. Yeah, he's just a soldier. A pilot. Soldier dude. Yeah. And so he has no idea what he's doing. And you're yeah. right, though. Why? It's weird that he assumed that uh, yeah, he just would be able to, you know, mechanic his way with this ship but uh, through alien technology <laughs> but um i guess he he kind of does uh they slowly start uh kind of figuring out how to communicate with one another and uh uh trip is able to ask him for some water they 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 figure out how to uh what each other's names are and yeah. trip asks him for some water by like gesturing like like hitting go, his chest go, and then go, ge- go. gesturing yeah. like drinking a glass and so uh, Zocan throws him a can. He's like, oh, all right. Throws him a canteen. And Trip like goes to take a drink of it and just like spits it out and throws, and throws it on the, throws throws it it on on the, the ground. ground. And it's like this brown sludge. And Zocan freaks out because he shared what little. Obviously, they don't drink water. They drink something else. Yeah, and uh, later on, like Trip tries to share like a like a chocolate bar or something with him, and he just doesn't like it at all. So obviously, their like physiologies for like uh, uh, sustenance are completely completely different from one yeah. another. Yeah, which makes sense. One thing that uh, uh, Zokan does that I think is kind of cool in this episode is like his gesture for yes isn't like nodding. It's like kind of uh, twitching his head to the right. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah. It, like a, it, it's interesting. I, I I like little like attentions to little lizard movements. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, near the end of it, like Trip realizes that this side head gesture is um, an agreement rather yeah. than like shaking your head. Yeah. And that that, that is kind of. That's one of the interesting parts of the episode is that like, you know, we take for granted this means yes and this means no, but that's not the same throughout like human history at all. Yeah, it's not even necessarily the same throughout like all human human cultures, let alone like completely yeah. alien cultures. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was cool. Good, good for them for doing something different. Uh, Trip kind of freaks out and is like, I can't fix this thing. And He's like, hey, like, come over here. You I'm, check I'll come out. and show you. Ha ha. I built, I tried, <laughs> you trusted me. <laughs> and he sprays acid in his face. Yeah, he cool. sprays like stuff on his face. Yeah, oh, and at one like point, or something. 
yeah yeah cool and oh and at one point uh uh trip like cuts himself cuts his arm and then uh zokan like grabs his arm and just like spits all over it and his spit like magically heals it he's got like um web fluid yeah because it's kind of like sticky like spider-man's web fluid but yeah he like jizzes out of his mouth all over trip's open wound and he's like oh what the hell are you doing and like before his eyes it heals up and closes yeah and uh that's a yeah. ga- that's a huge game changer yeah and it's shown later too that it can also be used to uh uh to harm as well because he uh, zokan like sprays him in the eyes with it later on the jizz giveth and the jizz <laughs> taketh away um <laughs> uh, uh yeah and so uh, yeah like like i said uh trip uh repays his uh his generosity and his favor here by like splashing like coolant on him and uh he gets the his like phase pistol away from him and then he ties zokan up and uh uh my how the turns have tabled zokan (laughs) (laughs) they 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 go to uh to trip's shuttle um, because Trip has decided he wants to use this like big like relay thing from uh, Zokan's ship and like use it as a power source for his shuttle's communicators. Um, so he tried- power source plus his communicators, and uh, because there's so much silicate in the uh, in the in the, the atmosphere, ap- they have to um, increase and be- their well, and specifically because they're near uh, the like magnetic field of a volcano because of all the right, volcanoes they gotta move. around yeah so they got to move they got to get to higher ground and so trip tries to explain this to to zokan and he thinks he gets through to him he's like gesturing like me and you work together like take this up there he know, even yada, takes yada. the gun which is zokan's and he's like see see and he tosses it away and, and so it's quite uh, clear that it's like okay he's trying to to be friends and so he, and the second Zokan is sec- cut loose, he's like, he fuck you. he's like, fuck you. He immediately attacks him. He immediately attacks him. He fucking like spears him and delivers a fucking rock spear, style spear. Well, he spears him and then turns it into like a rock style spine buster. Yeah. And what actually ends up happening, uh, that they end up brawling for a while. I actually really like this fight. So did I. It was it, a surprising, it, yeah, it was a surprisingly realistic looking fight. Right, even right down to the fact that they only fought for like a minute or two, and then both just were worn out. Because, uh, yeah, uh, to anyone out there who has never been in a fight uh, and has only seen fights in movies, um, you get tired real fast. Like, especially when you're not an active like person in boxing or martial arts. Yeah. Hell, or, or if you if you are, you you know how tired you get. There's a reason why like boxing rounds of three minutes. <laughs> yeah, most uh most like regular fights between like just ordinary people usually only last like a minute or two. Yeah. Because someone gets taken out or like someone gets worn out or like both parties or get someone worn gets out. hurt and yeah. They they just don't want none of that. So yeah, it's a slobber knocker between Zokan and Trip. And um, they're and, trying uh, to get the gun. They're dropping like the people's elbow. They're <laughs> exhausted. Yeah, Trip uh, delivers a stone cold stunner. Stunner. And that, and that that's Zocon what Zokan doesn't. Zokan kicks out though before the <laughs> three count. 
and, and yeah, then he just kind of and then he starts against each other. and then he starts to like hulk up and like walk around the the canyon like shaking and then delivers the atomic leg drop yeah <laughs> but i it it it, I, it was actually a really like authentic uh fight that i i dug and i feel like that was a very like universally like masculine like man to man like moment like fighting it out yeah because after that Trip gets the gun and again he he tosses it aside. He's like, he tosses it like okay, too like so far uh, out of out of. Oh, this time it's away. up in the mountain somewhere. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, okay, do you want to come at me again? Yeah, or do you want to like help me? So, yeah, we we can fought we, it out, folks. We can we can go another round if you want, or or you you can help me carry this shit up the mountain. Yeah, and uh, Trip and the crew back on the Enterprise uh, are realizing um, the days can get pretty hot on the, on this here moon. Yeah, T'Pol mentions that um, that uh, on the various moons in this system, that uh, at night, which they crash landed on this moon when it was nighttime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can get to like uh, down to like minus five, minus ten degrees. I'm not sure if it's Fahrenheit or Celsius or not. Uh, Star Trek uses Celsius a lot in most of the time in the shows, but because they were mentioning like a hundred later on in the episode, they mentioned it was like 130. I'm guessing it's probably Fahrenheit because as or a, a, 130 celsius well 100 well you a person would be cooked alive long before 100 it got to 130 celsius degrees past the boiling point of water yeah yeah humans have (laughs) yeah 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 you would be you would be long dead like that's why when it was like getting hot i was like so it's not a matter of them just like you know sticking it sticking in the shade like they're gonna be very dead yeah uh so yeah i i think it's fahrenheit but yeah so um uh archer is like oh you know minus five that doesn't sound so bad and paul's like yeah but in the day it gets up to 170 <laughs> and they're he's like ooh, yeah. oh let, let's so like what that... spf <laughs> 170 S- has that S- spf 1 million <laughs> spf 1 million just be like um, Arnold from Predator and just cake yourself in mud. I, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, SPF infinity. Just so he, play. So he's like, well, hopefully they crash landed on the, the, the dark side of the, the moon. On the dark side of the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, what's the Vulcan's name? T'Pol? T'Pol, yeah. T'Pol's like, I, I don't get that reference. Explain, human. (laughs) Archer's like, uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna need to replicate at least uh, at least a quarter, at least a quarter uh, quarter ounce uh, before before join me on this journey. (laughs) Before I can explain this to you, (laughs) set the entire evening aside. We're gonna need like a prism, so something about rainbows. Don't worry about it. Uh, We're gonna need a lava lamp, you know, some black light posters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so down on the planet, I uh, ran out of Pink Floyd. 
uh, references jokes to make. <laughs> so sorry. Back, back I, on I, I only know like three of their songs off the top of my head anyway, and I don't think any of them are from that album. I have the uh, album in my car. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Sweet. I, I don't remember what the songs are called. <laughs> <laughs> because I just listened to it from front to end. So it kind of feels just like one big saga. Uh, so back down on the moon, uh, uh, Trip is trying to, uh, they, they get to the, the point that they're, that they need to get to and trip like sets the thing up and he's like trying to radio enterprise and a bunch of time goes by like nothing they they don't get through and uh they're they're, sweating trips naked uh, trips sweating to the oldies uh uh zokan is like slowly like on the verge of passing out tucker uh delivers a uh a log and he uh he records a log and is like yeah, so I don't think my buddy over here uh, has any sweat glands, so uh, it it's uh, it's no bueno for him, especially for him over there. He's just kind of sleeping and trying to hide in like a, the tiniest plant. The tiniest felt, plant is giving some shade. I, I felt so bad for him in that scene, like when he's just like slow, very slowly dying. Like he like kind of cra- he's dying he, for the last like, ten minutes of the episode. He like slowly like crawls forward and like puts his face behind this tiny little bush. I felt so bad for the guy. <laughs> like barely, like I I guess those few blades of grass are gonna give a uh, some shade. It's uh, it's better than nothing, I guess. And Not Trip, much better. Trip is but... like pouring the last of um, his uh, canteen. His canteen his of mouth. of shit water. Yeah, he, I really he's, liked he, that camaraderie. He's like helping him drink it, and because he's so weak. Uh, they finally uh, uh, radio through to Enterprise, and they're like, "Hooray!" But uh, Captain, because of the uh, the silicates in the atmosphere, don't send a shuttle down. And Captain's like, no problem. We'll use the transporter. Which, uh, in Enterprise, they didn't usually use the transporters for people because they weren't... um, uh, It wasn't in Federation regulations at this point to transport people. You could could transport uh, supplies and uh, weapons and uh, basically even animals, but uh, humans weren't really cleared to be transported. It makes a bigger, makes interesting obstacles. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. And one of the reasons why they did that, the writers of the show did that was because um, uh, they, 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 they didn't want to uh, always be able to use, have the transporter just be a like fix all problem. They wanted to yeah, have it's episode, a more interesting. They um, wanted to have problem to not where, rely on it. Where, where characters were like stranded on planets and whatnot and they had to like get shuttles to them just to create like more this. drama yeah. but it's for a different reason um a dr flox mentions that uh because the uh arconian is so dehydrated transporting him would probably kill him though and so, and you know how you said their physiology is a little bit different yeah it, it has something to do with their physiology reacting different and it would make them sick or something, but because he's so dehydrated, it it'll it, probably it, kill him. 
they'll probably kill him. So Archer is like, okay, Trip, uh, you got to leave your buddy down there, but we're going to beam you back up. And Trip, uh, and I really liked this, was like, uh, no can do. Uh, I'm not leaving him. And Archer's like, wait, come, come on. Like, we're, we're, we're going to get you out of there. We'll, we'll let his people, like, figure it out. And he's like, nah, man, uh, I'm not leaving him to die alone. And so he's like, uh, uh, one of our shuttles can't get down here, but uh, I had a look at the the Arconian shuttle, and I think if you like modify the blah 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 blah, uh, because he had been working on it so long. Yeah, if you modify the the whatever, um, one of their shuttles can get down. And then there's just radio silence for a while, like you, and eventually the uh, the the sun ends up like cooking the the equipment essentially so it yeah. uh it doesn't work anymore and then just as they're uh both about to die uh tucker is like giving like a bit of a monologue to himself uh saying about oh, how is he gr- doing like a, a like a log i th- no i think he was just talking i think he was just talking to himself or talking well, there's one to- point he's he's making a log and he turns to zakan and he's like do you got anything to say uh, yeah, yeah, I, I briefly touched on him yeah. uh, recording the log earlier. Right. No, I think he's just uh, talking to himself or talking to uh, Zokon. That he's kind man. He gives what a, mod- a man to make to to make to to be okay to face death like that. Yeah, he he gives a little monologue, uh, being like. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. I did all these great things. I did this. I saw this. I saw this, and I wouldn't trade any of it for anything. And just in the nick of time, uh, the uh, an Arconian uh, shuttle shows up and saves them. And uh, so they're they're back on Enterprise, and uh, the captain of the Arconian ship is in uh, is brought into Archer's quarters by T'Pol, and he asks, yeah, and he's like, "You got a Vulcan on this ship, buddy." <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah uh, i guess I'll oh that was that a bit. point of right yeah so the uh the the arconians don't like the vulcans because about 100 years earlier which would have been around the same time they made first contact with uh earth but they made first contact with the arconians and uh to paul mentions that while humans were very open to sharing uh technology and culture and uh being uh, like following the Vulcans lead and like looking to them for guidance. Uh, the Arconians weren't and their relationship degraded to the point that they now just hate them. So the Arconian captain asks how they're doing, how, uh, uh, how his, his uh, soldier is doing. And Archer is like, fine. Like he, he's good there. And uh, he, he should be uh, ready, ready to go like real soon. And then the Arconian actually asks how uh, how Tucker is doing. Uh, Archer tells him that you know, like he he's tired and sunburned, but uh, he'll he'll also be fine. And uh, the Arconian captain is like, uh, uh, it, it's, I, "I expect you to leave, uh, you know, as promised." He's like, "Don't worry, we will." And uh, to Paul uh, tells Archer that uh, things went a lot better than she expected and that uh with one day spending one day dealing with the arconians uh he made archer made more progress with them than the vulcans did in an entire century sucks to suck vulcans 
I I mean they're uh, not a very friendly. No, they're not. They're they're very smug. They're very superior. Like I could see I could see how a lot of races would be would uh be rubbed the wrong way by them. Mm-hmm. Um but and this is one of the things that I really like about this show and Star Trek in general, but especially this show. Like this show often ends on very like hopeful notes like that. As someone who didn't watch the show, this that little bit there, that exchange with the like like you said, the Arconian um even cared about Trip. Because yeah. I mean, when they picked him up, he had seen that they'd been working together. They combined their like technologies, they were both trying to get out of that situation, right? It's yeah. And the discussion with T'Pol. Um, yeah, that was that was heartwarming. And I was like, yeah. That's right. Go humans. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, a very, for me, it was a very uplifting scene. And it's one of the things I like about this show is uh, a lot of episodes of this show, like, will end on that kind of hopeful note. Yeah. Um, so oh, it's it, a little bit in the bed bay. Yeah, there is a little uh, uh, kind of epilogue in sick bay where um, uh, Tucker goes to see uh, 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 Zokan and... Uh, he asks uh, Dr. Phlox, like, oh, how's he doing? And he, Dr. Phlox is like, well, ask him yourself. Uh, the Universal Translator is working. And uh, Zokan says a word to him, and, he, and Tucker is like, uh, hey, hey, Doc, I don't think it's working. And the guy is like, no, no, you, you promised me, blah, blah. He's like, oh, right, you're like sludge water. Right, we'll, uh, we'll I'll, I'll, replicate I'll get- you up some right away. I'll get that for you right away. Also, the chef is making uh, uh, is making chicken tonight. I, you want some of that? And you he's want some like, chicken tonight. <laughs> some chicken tonight. Do you feel? <laughs> do you feel like chicken tonight? Like chicken. Like tonight? chicken tonight. <laughs> and he's like sludge water. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll get that for you right away. Right. And then as he's walking away, though, he's like trip. Thanks, man. <laughs> what he, yeah, what he says is, uh, uh, Trip, when I uh, fight, when I shot uh, your shuttle down, uh, I, I am grateful that uh, it was not destroyed. And <laughs> again, like that's that's a really like feel two in moment. a row. Yeah, yeah, I and and that's what won me over. Yeah, because like, even though it was paint by numbers all episode right like yeah um, yeah it, i mean it's hell in the me pacific over. it's uh as we mentioned it's hell in the pacific it's enemy mine it's the next generation episode of darmok mm-hmm. it doesn't really do anything new but uh i, I still enjoy the it. way they do it yeah the the humanity and um the the very few line lines we understand from zokan and um that little bit with the cat two captains at the end that that i that was worth it i dig it uh so uh cal after watching uh randomly watching episode 39 of star trek enterprise would you watch another would you tune in next week you know what i i will tune in next week i i i enjoyed it i i like it when things are happy <laughs> i like it when there are wins Right. right, like not everything has to have this. Uh, Star Trek has a great history of just like 
I I guess that's all we can do. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. and they go to go to the next system. And so seeing such a win like that and camaraderie and that oh no. I dig it. Yeah, I got a soft yeah. spot for it. I'm gonna echo all of that. Um and I, I definitely would tune in next week because uh well I did back uh twenty years ago watching this show. Yep, um, you're I, I you're on am, board. I've been on a, I've I've been beamed on board for the past twenty years. Twenty one <laughs> years now. Um I've been an unapologetic fan of uh Star Trek Enterprise. So my take, my hot take on uh, Star the Star Trek franchise as a whole. Deep Space Nine, not that great. Uh, Enterprise, uneven at times, but overall pretty great. That theme song that everyone hates, fucking great <laughs> song. <laughs> Faith of the heart, I love it. I like how you use that chance to just dunk on Deep Space Nine, <laughs> even though it had nothing to do with <laughs> Well, and uh, speaking of dunking on things, uh, I mentioned on the last episode of the podcast that as kind of a postscript to uh, Star Trek Month, I was going to uh, talk about a little bit about the uh, the newer Star Trek shows, because... Um, one of the one of the rules of the Lasercomb podcast is uh, whatever show we cover, it has to be a show that's completed its run. Um, yeah, and and the reason for that is just because like I I like to roll a I, I like to roll a random episode based on the total episode count, and I don't if the show's still going, then that could change. the The total episode count's going to change, and then. And besides, we want to cover more stuff other than things that are running. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's one of the rules of the Laser Cone podcast is it can't be, we, we don't cover shows that are currently airing. So, mm-hmm. hence why we're, we're ending with Star Trek here. But there are currently several Star Trek shows going. Uh, the series, after uh, Enterprise ended in, uh, I think it was May of 2005, uh, the series, the show, the franchise left television for 12 years. Uh, it was in movies for a while. There was that uh, 2009 uh, J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek reboot, which is a pretty fun movie. Fun, but kind of dumb. But we, we touched a little bit on that, um, you know. Uh, uh, I know that when I see a clone of Khan on screen, I, I'm looking for a gangly tall white dude. But <laughs> well, we, we Eggs touched... Benedict Cucumber Patch was hot shit at the time, okay? <laughs> well, I mean, he still is. Like, guy's yeah. Doctor Strange now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that, that 2009 uh, Star Trek reboot's pretty fun. Uh, great cast. Um, Wasn't there another one? We, we we dunked on the the fact that uh, uh, early on in that movie we see Kirk as like a nine year old like joyriding oh, in like a nineteen sixties like car like Corvette in the like twenty in I the will never twenty get over in that. the twenty third century listening to Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, which is as dumb. someone who for like intermittently listens to Beastie Boys now, like. What? Like I'm one of like twelve people who might go, "Hey, Beastie Boys popped up on my playlist." Yeah, I'll let it play. But yeah. like, why? Like you had said, why would like a child 
Why why would a child like 300 years from now be listening to a random song from the 1980s? <laughs> and like we had we had spoken about children now don't even listen to random songs from the 80s. That's true. And out of all hip hop, a lot of people don't like Google classic hip hop and go, "You know what? I don't like a lot of it, but these Beastie Boys fellas, <laughs> right? They're kind of fire." I mean, I still listen to them, so whatever. Uh, that movie was followed up by uh, uh, in 2013 uh, with uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. I saw that movie in theaters on my honeymoon. Is that with Nero? No, the Nero. red fluid. Ooh, the red fluid. The, the red matter. Yeah, the red matter. That was from uh, the the first uh, Star Trek reboot. Oh, movie. that's the first one. Yeah, yeah. The the red matter. This very nebulous stuff that just makes things go boom. Red matter, look out. Also something to do with space and time. Nobody yep. knows. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, 2013, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. I remember following the production of that film quite closely and everyone being like, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch, he's totally playing Khan. And they kept being like, he's not Khan. And then in the movie, there's this scene where where uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character is like locked behind a cell and he's like, my name is on and he, it's delivered with this like dramatic gravitas but because this movie is a prequel um and these characters have never met Khan Noonien Singh before uh the moment it like falls flat on its face it's just a dangle member berries in front of like the Gen X like oh remember Khan well here he is but he's young member mm, berries eat them eat them up you like them don't you and they they decide to um that that movie like the problem with that movie is that movie was feels like it was written by people who know that star trek 2 the wrath of khan is like almost everyone's favorite star trek movie but they don't really know why <laughs> that's the best uh uh like one sentence description of that movie I've ever heard. The, 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 great... the writers know everybody likes The Wrath of Khan, but they don't know why. <laughs> but <laughs> they... let's recreate that magic anyway. <laughs> but let's try anyway. Now, uh, Wrath of what? One of the two things that are really great about Wrath of Khan. One, it is a submarine movie in space. It's very much a submarine movie. Yeah, um, uh, following like... up an original series. Um. And two, like the the crux of that story, like at its very core, is that story is about aging and reconciling with your past mistakes. The fact that it's Kirk's birthday is important to the plot, and he's getting old. They're they they're talking about decommissioning the Enterprise. He's like grappling with the fact that he's aging. Um, there's a little bit of uh, symbolism, I think, to the fact that McCoy gives him this antique pair of glasses with no lenses in them. It's a birthday gift. Like there's some symbolism there, I think. Um, and then all of a sudden this character Khan, who's a villain from an original series episode where Kirk did something very unethical and marooned an entire crew of people just because they were a problem. He marooned them on a planet and was like, see you later fuckers. And now this like mistake that he made in his youth has now come back to haunt him that's what wrath of khan is about 
And that's why that movie is so great. And I feel like the people who wrote Star Trek Into Darkness didn't get that. Yeah, because they're like, well, here are these superhuman clones. But instead of establishing anything to make them important to the plot, they just get loose. Oh, they're super smart and super strong and fast. Oh, look out. Yeah, they and but they got like superpowers that's... and they're 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 actually like pawns for an evil Federation admiral who has developed this like super like starship using like right. illegal technology. Yeah, it's so that movie is a mess. And then uh Kirk dies at the end instead of Spock. Uh so they reverse that. And Spock right. yells that's, out that's okay. Spock yells out the whole like Khan thing, but then they use Khan's blood because his blood is so super powered. They use Khan's blood to resurrect Kirk. I forgot about that <laughs> because you know, like these are such angelic, like perfect beings that their blood can purge the body of dead cells and of radiation. Death. Yeah, of just death, just, <laughs> of just a, death. a magic potion that ma- that brings you back to life. Yeah, but let alone like you know brain death yeah. or any of that it just regenerates everything so kirk comes back as a zombie and yeah. it's like hear me out maybe let these super people rule humanity probably would be better off also their blood's magic and can bring people back to life yeah maybe maybe we problem should, here. maybe we should uh uh co- cooperate with them and maybe harness some of that uh that power to uh oh, like, or you know just just fight them i guess that's good too yeah it is such a dumb movie um that was followed up in 2016 with a movie called uh star trek beyond that was directed by justin lynn jj abrams didn't uh return to direct that one i did not see this uh it's <laughs> and I'm fine only now remembering that it exists <laughs> It's fine. It like it's it feels like an episode like it, that one was actually written by Simon Pegg who plays Scotty in those movies and he's yeah. a big star he's a big Star Trek nerd. It feels like an episode of Star Trek. But the problem is is it feels like an I episode of Star he plays Trek. Scotty, yeah. The problem is it feels like an episode of a TV show of Star Trek. It feels like a random episode TV episode of Star Trek. It doesn't feel cinematic at all. Ah, um, a stretched out episode of a, yeah. a, a three-parter, four-parter, if you will. Uh, it's a similar problem <clears throat> to the uh, the uh, Star Trek Next Generation cast film, Star Trek in- Insurrection. It just feels like an extended episode of a show of the show. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of Enterprise references, though, in Star Trek Beyond, which is cool. In fact, they find a, uh, a downed uh, NX class, uh, NX-01 class ship which is uh, uh, my favorite model of Starfleet vessel. It's the okay, model. Yeah. It's the model of the, uh, the, uh, the enterprise from uh, the titular series, Star Trek enterprise. Uh, so then a year else is running. Yeah. Sorry. And then a year later, then a year later, uh, the, the movie franchise has been on hiatus for quite a while now, although apparently um, there's been some traction and apparently they're going to get to work this summer on actually shooting uh uh the fourth uh star trek reboot film oh they they've been it's been kind of in development hell for years but it seems like it's actually happening now 
So that, that's how things work in Hollywood. Things languish in development hell for so long. And then all of a sudden things just start happening. But in 2017, uh, a show premiered on uh, uh, a streaming service called CBS All Access called Star Trek Discovery. Uh, that show kind of ditched the ensemble format of previous Star Trek shows and decided to focus on a character named uh, Michael Burnham, played by, I can never remember her name, but she was in The Walking Dead for a while. That that show that show is also heavily serialized. It, it ditches the episodic format, which is fine. That the uh, serialized TV has been. And in what's for that called? Star Trek Discovery. Serialized TV has been quite in for quite a while now, so I'm fine with that. For some reason, they redesigned the Klingons. Even though, oh yeah, uh, Discovery is set ten years before the original series, but they completely redesigned the Klingons. Um, for reasons that aren't explained in the plot. And in fact, there was such backlash about it in season two of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, they changed the design of the Klingons again to make them look more like traditional Klingons. And it just isn't mentioned in the in the plot at all. Why they suddenly look different <laughs> twice over now. Um, Discovery yeah, Discovery's huh. a mix. Discovery is such a mixed bag. Yeah, like, I'm looking at the 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 change because one people could be all like well you know we wanted to make them look more alien rather than just like you know an angry brown race right maybe that's the the reason well and in the original series if you remember uh the klingons just looked like humans in fact they were kind of based on the um the uh rate racist uh fu manchu stereotype originally Oh, from the original series, yeah, the they, original. they were just they were just dudes, yeah, with Fu Manchus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, actually, in uh, the fourth season of Enterprise, they uh, tried to uh, explain why the Klingons look different in the original series versus oh. why they did in Next Generation. And funny enough, it involves like one of uh, Doctor Soong, the um, uh, the creator of Data. It involves one of his ancestors, who, of course, is played by ben Brent Spiner, because Brent Spiner plays every single one of Dr. Soong's ancestors throughout history. Of course, he has to. They all look exactly the same. They all look exactly the same. He even pops up in season two of Star Trek Picard. as <laughs> yet another ancestor you gotta milk of Dr. The, Soong. You, you gotta milk everyone's favorite uh, characters, favorite actors from all of Star Trek for as much as you can. I have two big problems with Star Trek Discovery. Uh, one, technology. It's it's set uh, 10 years before the original series. The mm -hmm. technology is very, like, is very futuristic, like, hol like, holo like hologram screens and, like, minority report, like, moving your hands around. It's, like, kind of Whatever technology. Whatever happened to buttons, man? Kind of technology you didn't see in the original series. So it's like series. Iron Man huds with yeah yeah and it, it it's all just like really glossy and super futuristic looking which like i get it you don't want to make things look as shitty as they did in the original series but like i feel like enterprise handled it kind of well because like it and to circle back to enterprise real quick i really like the fact that the interior of the ships kind of just look like the interiors of like, the interiors of like a battleship and they just made yeah, I was gonna say like it's and uh, it's like and a like 
And, like, even their uniforms are very reminiscent of, like, modern, like, NASA uniforms, which is cool. I, 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 I liked it. thought they did a good job. Uh, but yeah, in, uh, in, in Dis- that's one of my big problems with Discovery is that the, the technology is like way, way, way beyond anything we've seen in any previous Star Trek show, even though it's supposed to be set 10 years before the original series. Uh, well, you know how it is. The other thing is uh, I had mentioned that they ditched the uh, the ensemble format in favor like it still is a big ensemble cast but like there is very much a central character in uh commander michael burnham and the problem is is this character uh constantly is fucking things up throughout the show and she doesn't learn from her mistakes and instead she always gets rewarded for them and People keep putting her in charge, even though every single time they do, she screws it up. And I've heard people online make that argument about Kirk. It's way worse with Burnham. And yeah, uh, I've Discovery is up. Isn't to... that a weird model? Be like, have this person keep making mistakes, but and like, <clears throat> you know, just like tap them on the shoulder and be like, you'll get them next time, kid. And they like, like almost literally never succeed and like even after they fuck something up it's like oh you like completely like fucked half the galaxy but here have have command of the starship now it's yours take it i'm sure you won't uh you won't screw something else up next season it's a weird um thing that they would write like like why yeah, I, I, I think they're just trying to make her more flawed and relatable, but she's flawed to the point of being like, I don't believe anyone would ever put any faith in this person. But well, not only that, but like, these are like trillion dollar ships, like more than just lives are at, at the line here. And like, well, money, money doesn't exist at this point in the future. In oh, Star Trek. Uh, right. We're, we're so we're utopian where. We work Everybody to better has ourselves. money and right, right. But well, like, aren't there well, a million people waiting on the sidelines to take the same job? Well, like this. No, there's not. I mean, you have an entire Federation fleet full of ships. But Plenty I mean, there's, there's nobody around. where it's like you screw up so much, like that somebody oh, yeah, else I, is I, like going to take yeah. your position. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see what you mean. Yeah. And again, that's one of my big problems with uh, Discovery. Uh, it's up to season four now. I think season four is currently airing. Um, I only watched up to the end of season three. And season... I didn't even know this was a show, I gotta say. <laughs> uh, season three was... Season three had a great finale. Season three had a finale that... Um, uh, actually, weirdly, and I was talking with uh, someone uh, from work about this. Season three had a finale that felt like a series finale. So we were speculating that I wonder if they wrote this fina- the this finale as like a way of like bookending the show in case they didn't get renewed for a fourth just season. Just in case. Just in case cuz it very much felt like a an end of it would have been a perfectly fine series finale. Hmm. Uh there's also Star Trek Picard which is uh a, a show that I was very it's currently airing. It's a show I was very uh hesitant about because I'm like when they announced it I'm like so is this just going to be a show about old man Picard in episodes of Next Generation where we would see flash forwards into the future of Picard just being an old man living on a vineyard? 
is this just going to be a show of all that of just that? I hope so. Because that doesn't sound terribly interesting to me. And he gardens and he drinks wine. Uh, Season one of Picard uh, started off really strong and actually introduced some like really like big, like holy shit things. Like, whoa, wow, these are interesting ideas. Cool. I never would have expected that. Um, But then the show like completely like goes off the rails by the end of the first season and gets like really, really fucking dumb, especially in that finale. I have a friend um, and he's a big Trekkie and he's like currently going through all of it. And yeah, he was just talking about Picard and he's like, my God, this is bad. And Uh, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Season don't, two of Picard. Don't season tell two, Siege then. <laughs> season two of Picard is a huge improvement over season one. I've been enjoying season two. Season two is also like kind of a mixed bag as well, but season two is a massive improvement over season one. And that's still going? Yeah, that's still going. It's been um uh it, they're going to end it after season three. It's plan to end after season three and season three is actually going to bring back all of the core next generation cast as like main cast members which i'm pretty excited about and i feel like i feel like they chose to end it at season three because like they're like hey look we got this show called star trek picard and patrick stewart ain't getting any younger so we better end it while we're ahead (laughs) it's like hey we gotta milk milk sir patrick stewart for as much as he's worth before we can't anymore before we're going to have to turn, uh, recreate his, uh, image with CG. <laughs> he'll it, inevitably pop up as a, as a hologram. Oh, Hey, we could just bring uh Tom Hardy back as like a, as like the young Picard clone again. Right. Wait, wait, he's too expensive now. Okay. Oh, never mind. <laughs> how much? Really? Wow. Good. Go him. <laughs> <laughs> One of his early roles was in the movie 2002 film Star Trek uh, Nemesis, where he played a uh, uh, evil clone of Picard named Shinzon. All right. Yeah, I've seen screenshots. And um, I was like, is that a clone? <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah. He, so. it, 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 he was a the, the likeness was convincing. Is what I'll say. OK. Uh, uh as uh, uh, then there's also on at this point now too, CBS all access has since been renamed to Paramount plus. Yeah. Uh, Cause every streaming service is like something plus now. I'm surprised that they didn't name HBO max HBO plus. <laughs> yeah. You, you got like, that. you got Disney plus, you got Apple TV plus, you got Paramount plus. Uh, I'm sure there's others. I know there's a, uh, a wrestling streaming service called impact plus. Um, so yeah, so the third, uh, of the newer shows is an animated series called Star Trek Lower Decks. Second Star Trek animated show, first, uh, comedy animated series. Oh, uh, it's very in the vein of Rick and Morty. Lower Um, Decks. But unlike, unlike what I was mentioning about Star Trek Into Darkness, where like the people who wrote that movie... Uh, know that people like Wrath of Khan but don't really understand why. I feel like the people who write Rick and Morty or Rick and Morty <laughs> Lower basically, Decks. Uh, the people who are, are behind Lower Decks actually really love Next Generation because there's so many like little like obscure like references to it and like lots of like little in jokes. So if you love Rick and Morty and love Next Generation 
this is the show for you. This is this is the show for you. Now, unfortunately, well, I, I love Next Generation. Unfortunately, I don't love Rick and Morty. So um, this, uh, I, I I watched through the first uh, first season and thought it was fine. It's up to season two now. It's been renewed for a third season. I don't know if I'll keep going with it. But but pickle Rick, and 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 Mulan Zeshon sauce, uh, an interdimensional pi- cable. Uh, pickle Rick my balls. <laughs> pickle right the balls <laughs> and uh, uh i think that's a pretty good <laughs> note to go out on uh there's also star trek prodigy which is another animated series that one's aimed squarely oh, it at, just keeps going that that one is aimed squarely at children um it does feature kate mulgrew returning as ca- a, vo- a hologram version of uh captain uh, janeway from voyager uh i haven't watched oh. it it's like 3d yeah, I haven't I haven't watched it. It's a show very much aimed at young children. So Oh yeah, you can tell. Huh. Yeah. It looks well animated. Oh. Uh at the time of recording, uh there is a in mere days, there is a new show that is a spin-off of Discovery called Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Which what? Uh, I had no idea all of these Star Treks were out there. Uh, this one is about uh, the crew of the USS Enterprise ten years before uh uh, the original series. So some of some of the cast, not the cast members, but some of the characters are the same. Uh, some of them are different. Okay. Like Spock huh. is there. Uh, Nurse Chapel, Ohora. Obviously, all played by different people. It's been fifty-five years. No, you just uh, just like mocap and CG them. They'll be fine. Yeah, you just uh, you just go all Tron Legacy about it. Yeah, nobody will. Nobody will be able to tell the difference. They'll be fine. Uh, I'm looking forward to that show. My uh, one of my favorite film critics, who is uh, uh, a podcaster and a big uh, Star Trek fan, uh, wrote a review for Slash Film for the first. Uh, his name's Whitney Seibold for the first five episodes of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, and he said that this is the best Star Trek uh, uh, has been in decades. So, oh, really? So I am looking forward to that. And this is about to come out. Yeah, it's about to premiere uh, very soon. Uh, Okay, it looks kind of cool. I'm checking it out. Okay, okay. But yeah, that's, uh, I think, unless you've got like seven more Star (laughs) Treks I've never heard of. Um, Uh, Well, actually. That was like five more than I thought there were. Uh, actually, Are there Star Trek playing cards. There, there's a Star Trek uh, adventure game coming out by former uh, 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 Telltale uh, employee, Telltale people. That's coming They're back, out baby. They're back. The Wolf <laughs> Among Us Two is coming out. Uh, so they're making I, a Star Trek game. They're making a Star Trek adventure game. So I, yeah. I'm look, it's coming out later this year, I think. So I'm looking forward to that. I will so, play the heck out of that. That was episode 31, Blazecomb Podcast. Best way to support the show, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. The $5 and up tier, you get uh, preamble audio of this and all the other shows we do week in and week out, a monthly-ish commentary track, and more. The $10 tier, you get our weekly-ish news and current events program, Lasercomb Tonight. Uh, And you also get the opportunity to uh, pick a show for us to review a random episode of on this very podcast. That's right. So uh, if you want to get in on that, 
go to patreon.com slash lasercomb. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash lasercomb. Or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at lasercomb. Cal, you are at? I am at neocal, N-E-O underscore K-A-L. I just mentioned Patreon. Uh, on Starting with the beginning with the next episode of this podcast, episode 32, we will be uh, doing an entire month of uh, Patreon sponsored shows. And uh, next month on the next episode of the podcast, uh, Lazy Gun Podcast number 32, we are going to be reviewing our patron, uh, Jared, a.k.a. Ranger 64. Ranger 64. Uh, we are going to be reviewing his pick, and the show that he chose for us was Smallville. You ever and... watch it? Yep. Oh yeah. I. I it's funny. I, I watched uh, the uh, the first few seasons and the last couple, but there was a period of like four or five seasons in the middle there that I didn't watch it at all. So as always, we're gonna go to the random number generator and figure out how many episodes overall did smallville have 217 holy moly (laughs) it lasted 10 seasons and it was uh network tv too so those seasons were like 20 plus episodes wow all right so one random number between 1 and 217 and here we go somebody save me wow 17 (laughs) all right what what that's got to be a season one episode Hmm. 17 an episode called reaper that originally aired it on april 23rd 2002 um all right so we'll be back uh next week with episode 17 of smallville and until then i've been one of your hosts the siege and i'm your other host neo cal And until next time, thanks for listening, and I've got faith of the heart. (laughs) 